Uh, a lot of people will ask, how do you pronounce your last name? I'm sure you've heard it a zillion times. I, I, I apologize, that. but let's start there. No need to apologize. I got asked that boarding a flight over the weekend. Bosilovac. Bosilovac. The J is silent, and I'm sure there are family members that pronounce it differently, but that's <laughs> right. how I pronounce it. Bosilovac. I like that. Yeah. It's classy. It could almost be a fashion brand, and perhaps it will be, but Bosilovac. I like that. I hope Seed I don't planted say. for future fashion. Yes, right. Exactly. <laughs> All right, that's all I've got. Thank okay. you for the time. <laughs> Appreciate it. No. We are at the world headquarters of Football for the World. Yes. You're the executive director. Is that the title? That is correct. The world's game. Yes. Football. If I can go there, I will go there. Yes, we're uh, there. You're cringing now. That's okay. <laughs> I'm wearing a soccer jersey, it everybody. It looks so good. Thank you. I appreciate that. I do look good today. Um, a football jersey. Yeah. And I know you've, in other interviews, had to differentiate that you're, you're what do you call it, uh, signal or? Code switch. C code, code switching, switch. yes. What do you call it when you're just around the office with family, friends? You Do you call it football I or soccer? I traditionally call it football and I'm sticking with and also laugh about because it is that argument always of USA saying it's called soccer. Yep. So there's just always, always a heated debate in every room meeting, especially depending on who you're meeting with of, is it soccer or football? And I, I usually yeah. default to football, honestly. I've been a football or soccer fan my whole life and yes. played not well. Some would say it was more dancing uh, than playing the game, but I was it's out the there. It's the Brazilian influence. Yes, exactly. Yes, That's dancing with the ball. The, and you're from here, from Omaha originally. I'm Were you born here? Born in Omaha, yeah. lived in Omaha my whole life until making that move to study abroad in Botswana for a, a number of months, the first semester abroad, and then continued and lived in Tanzania for a couple of months. Wow. But that was my, you know, Childhood, Omaha, college at University of Nebraska, Omaha, and got yep. to play soccer there. Soccer, You played for Marion's well. yes. high school team. Yes. State title. State title yeah. my senior year, and then got the opportunity to go back and coach there as well. Yeah. And then UNO, was the was the travel abroad through college or a post-college? It was, it was during college. I was fortunate that I went during my spring semester, so it was the off-season for football season, for soccer season. And, uh, yeah, so it was a during-college experience. And did you find immediately upon getting there, like, this is going to bridge the cultures and bring you together? Was it instantaneous or something that kind of evolved the more time you spent there? It was an instantaneous way for me to connect with the local people and uh, particularly like local men that were playing pickup on the courts on a consistent basis. And that's where I went to continue training and stay in, in football shape and soccer shape. And um, were they surprised how good you were? So surprised. Yeah, so surprised. Think. They they didn't want me on the team. They first thought I was just the American woman there to watch and observe. And I said, right. like, no, 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 I'm here to play. And it quickly evolved from oh, who's this woman, who's this, who's this girl, to, oh, she's actually, we want her on our team. And then they learn your name. It was, it was a great breakthrough. So there was an instantaneous connection, and then I just learned and watched how powerful football could be and got deeper into it over time. And that seems logical because we'll get to kind of how the foundation works, but did you have the seed of how this game can lead to you giving back even back then, or what was kind of the genesis of turning it into a philanthropic organization eventually? Yeah. There were, I would just say, things sprinkled throughout, different moments sprinkled throughout of, 
oh, this is a connection point. Oh, this is how the game can be used. Oh, that now I'm witnessing kids playing with a ball made out of plastic bags and string. Okay, light bulb moment, connection piece. I get so much equipment all the time. Can we connect this? And it just evolved, and I would say snowballed from there. But it took, I mean, two, three years of continually having those touch points before I realized, oh, this could be a real thing. This can be a nonprofit that can stand on its own legs. And sport for development is this industry, specifically for youth development and international development. This is an industry of its own, and this is something that people can do as their full-time jobs. That was not a thought I had growing up, that you could grow up and have what I call a dream job. Yeah. Yeah. What what is it? And, you know, maybe take us through kind of the person here in Omaha who's got some extra gear they're looking to give. They find out about this. Take us through, like, they've got an extra pair of shoes. And where does it end up, and how does it get there? Yeah. Um, so when... You know, I think of ourselves as all of the the soccer parents out there that have gear piling up in their closets. Like, we want to be that, essentially, the goodwill of of football equipment. So, um, you know, if and when people find out about us, it's collecting new and used or gently used, still in good shape, right? Items, mostly balls and football boots are the most popular items, the ones that we get requested the most. But we've accepted and taken and redistributed jerseys, um, nets, school, like any any football-related item you can think of. And so it's either someone contacts us and we link them and meet up for a drop-off location or they might bring it to the office. Or we have different drop-off bins located at different soccer centers around town. People can drop their items off or teams and and individuals and kids will organize their own collection equipment day and do that with their teammates, drop it off to us later. We then go through this process of people that have reached out to us or people that we've met through the Football for Good network that say, hey, we need those items. And we always ask, okay, what what does your community need? What items do are you requesting? Because we never want to give them something that's can't be useful or might be wasteful or you know piles up in then their location. So we sub- we get an equipment request, we see what matches up, and then we either ship or deliver those items to that community. And it could be a community here locally. It could be kids here that might not be able to afford equipment, or it could be a community in Jamaica or Ghana or somewhere all across the world. Wow, incredible. And so, and then with that comes events and um, working with people here in Omaha, but then across the country and then internationally as well. So the job changes every day. We've gotten to a point where the collection infrastructure is, I would say, well established. Um, so then it is always this, all right, let's problem solve. How, who do we identify and who does need this equipment? And we use some metrics to establish that too, of like, all right, how is this going to be the most beneficial? And then, all right, how do we problem solve, like, really getting this equipment to them and covering the cost to get it to them yeah, as well? a lot of logistics. A lot of logistics. What's, I mean, when you start, when did you start this? So I met um, Ali Khan. He founded Football for the World in Canada in 2012. Um, I really started latching onto that work and building out Football for the World alongside him. We started Football for the World USA in 2015 made it a full-time job for me at the end of 2018. Wow. And here we are, it's 2023. Yeah. So over 10, 11 years. And what's like the most fulfilling story or your favorite, I'll get a box of Kleenex in case I tear up, but what's the, the best example of this work that you love? Oh my gosh. I think of A, our work here in Omaha and I'll 
talk about the Jackson Elementary project because it was a field and playground renovation for an Omaha public school program here. And it started with a parent just coming to us asking for nets. She had heard about us. She said, hey, do you have any nets that you could put on these goals? Like the kids love football. I said, yeah, for sure. That's a really easy one. And it evolved to her and I working really closely together, the principal getting involved, the parent teacher association getting involved. It was such a community effort of, hey, how can we maximize this really small urban playground space? And the project evolved from, you know, just nets to we we built a, a mini pitch, a small sided soccer court and then relocated their basketball court. So they have a fresh basketball court and just this moment of doing the ribbon cutting and really, I think, hearing the parent talk about the evolution of the project was impactful because you saw the joy and community coming together and you had a true sense of community. It was kids from the school, community members. It was this beautiful blend of community and the kids weren't, the school didn't let the kids on the court until we did the ceremony. And as soon as that ribbon got cut, hundreds of kids just sprinted wow sprinted to the court and it was chaos and it was beautiful chaos and for the next hour two hours i mean there was 20 soccer balls out there 50 some 80 kids you know 100 kids just running around this court and you're like wow okay this is this is a a place where kids get to go and express themselves and just release and have fun and so being able to complete a community project like that and like infrastructure and see how excited and connected community gets from that. That's a that's always a big one for me. Yeah, that's great. What were some struggles or anything in doing this here that that people might be surprised about? Yeah, I think um, there's a very, I think one of the challenges is having people understand like the power of, I think people have a very good concept of the power of sport and the benefits that sport give to society. And it, it touches our everyday life, right? Whether it's professional sports that you're watching in other markets that then influence Omaha, whether you are watching Union Omaha play or Creighton or Husker football or the CWS, like people have a very good understanding of sports as entertainment. What people I think don't necessarily realize is the need to create, that it's not necessarily accessible for kids all the time to play. And so a challenge that we often run into is, you know, funders or philanthropists that will say, oh, well, we don't fund sports teams. And the sports landscape in the U.S. is so complex and just this pay-to-play model that often it's, hey, we don't fund sports teams. You're like, I'm not really asking. I'm I'm asking you to fund so much more than just a travel tournament or this. I'm really asking you to, like, change the potentially change the trajectory of youth's lives because they now have an opportunity to play that they otherwise wouldn't have if if we didn't exist and so it's this working through that narrative and piece of getting people to really understand like yeah i'm willing to pay for my kid to go to baseball practice soccer practice football whatever that practices after school because i can afford it and viewing that same investment into you know after school programming this is a a really key sports are a key piece of development of kids and so make that investment just like you would for soccer practice that's after school programming in a suburban place make that same investment for kids who can't afford it in other parts of the city it's funding lives as opposed to funding an individual team how how do you get a country involved a different foreign country involved 
Jamaica was selected because uh, UNO men's soccer player Vance Rookwood is from Kingston, Jamaica, and I knew enough about his backstory, and he, uh, you know, knew right away, yes, like, this is something my community would benefit from. Vance has now, you know, he started as a volunteer. We, it was, who was that person on the ground that we trusted? And Vance was that uh, introduction to the Kingston, Jamaica area. So who on the ground do we trust that we know can help us navigate a foreign country? And we know that the gear is being distributed to, to a, people that deserve, that need it. And then we look at status of women and girls. You know, does this community, are they open to serving women and girls? Do they want to start a project? How invested are they in like having this element of, of gender equality through the work? And, and what's the like potential for impact? There's so much room for improvement and ability to have impact with just a little bit of investment. And what's take us through the rest of the year? What are your personal goals for, for the organization? I should say leadership goals. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think a big a, a big goal for our organization was always to build five mini pitches in five years. And we started with the first one that was complete in 2021. Um, have completed the second one I talked about already, Jackson Elementary. There's been two other mini pitches that have been introduced to the Omaha market through a different vendor. And again, community small. So it's been nice to connect with those organizations and help facilitate being that connecting piece. Um, so building a, a mini pitch that Football for the World can kind of use and operate as both a place for community to come in and join, play pickup games, have different nights there, celebrate together, also a place for programming, and then also just a free accessible community spot. That's a, a big one for me and the organization that if we were able to complete that, huge. Yeah. Huge. Um, the other piece for pro, from the Omaha standpoint for the organization is, you know, we launched this league, a Friday night league during the spring, this, this past spring on Friday nights. So continuing that and really opening that up to different age groups as well so that more kids specifically in North Omaha are playing on a consistent basis and have access to the game in their neighborhood. So widening that uh, age and offerings for different kids is another big, big project for us. A lot right there. I'm, <laughs> I'm tired. I'm thinking about it. It's, yeah. That's a big push yeah. for sure. And I would say internationally, I mean, for the organization, bridging that gap into kids in our program too so that they're aware and excited and developing this like really strong passion for for football. Why don't you tell people where they can find you online if they want to donate or have questions or whatever? Yeah, the best place to donate and support the work that we're doing is on our website, www.footballfortheworld.org. Um, the best place to stay like up to date with what's going on and, and the things that we're doing in the community is our Instagram account, and that is at football the number four, the world, um, on Instagram. So those are the two places, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube as well. But thank you for having me on this podcast. I think it is the most exciting news outlet that's coming to, well, the, to the Omaha that. market. And appreciate getting the, the time and space to share about football for the world. I'll say the Monica part, but you're going to give the last name pronunciation <laughs> one final time so people know. Monica. Bosilovac. Bosilovac. Thank you very much. Appreciate your time and everything you're doing. Thanks. Thanks, Tony.